Hello and welcome to Saskatchewan Matters from Martin Charlton Communications. This is episode 20 of the most influential weekly podcast to come out of the Saskatchewan business community. On each episode, Paul Martin, business commentator and the chair of Martin Charlton Communications, brings us the stories behind the headlines and explains why each story matters to you. On today's episode, the outlook is bright here in Saskatchewan with financial forecasts and global events bringing Saskaboom 2.0 into focus. Paul, you've said for a long time that opportunities are coming our way. Global events, as tough as they are, also align with the realities of needing to feed the world. Yeah, there's no question about it. And, you know, you don't want to profit off of someone else's misery. But, uh, you know, the economy and and these things sometimes has no personality. It's, it's neutral on emotion. It just simply is what it is. Supply and demand are uh, an equation. They are cold. They're mathematical. They really uh, don't take into consideration very much uh, turmoil, suffering, these kinds of things. So when you have uh, war or uh, skirmishes in one part of the world, it does filter around the world. And, uh, you know, while the battles that we're seeing on in Ukraine right now uh, are a long, long ways from, from Western Canada, the impact is certainly being felt here. And as we record this today, this is the day that the president of Ukraine is uh, speaking to the Canadian Parliament and asking for more support. And and clearly, uh, you know, he was asking for political support because he knows Canada is not a military power. So he was uh, asking for political support in the context of talk to your other NATO allies and these uh, sorts of organizations about the no-fly zone and trying to get past the political barriers around uh, around that. But I also look at the economic side of this, and that, uh, you know, in a way, Saskatchewan can become uh, something of a secret weapon that, uh, that Canada can deploy here. And it is an economic one. We produce, we in Saskatchewan, the prairies, really, uh, produce what Ukraine and Russia produce. And that strategically is important. We've taken, Ukraine has been taken out of the uh, global equation right now. It's going to be very difficult, for example, for them to put in a crop this year and to harvest it, given what's going on. Russia is taken out of the global equation because of sanctions. So the world is now short of supply. And that's where we can come in. And I, I think that perhaps that's a role that, that Ottawa can play in this is to, is to promote Western Canada. You have to question whether, you know, why they aren't uh, more vigorous about this and their uh, representation of our ability to fill that gap and to say to the world, yeah, the, uh, you know, count on us, we'll be the grocery store for you and we'll supply food in the form of grains, that kind of stuff. We'll supply, supply fertilizer. We can be a bigger oil producer and uh, contribute more in, in, you know, oil, especially in the United States. I'm watching this conversation and if you're sensitive at all, you watch any of the American coverage, you'll see that they talk about, well, we've put a ban on Russian imports of oil to the U.S., so now they're looking for alternate supplies from places like Venezuela. 
and they don't even think about Canada. It's not even part of the conversation. I mean, maybe behind the scenes they're thinking about it, but I don't understand why Canada nationally isn't standing up and saying, pick us, pick us. Well, I guess I do understand because in Ottawa there is a, you know, I, I think almost a, a, a two-pronged attack against Western Canada. Part of it is they don't like fossil fuels there, so okay, fair enough. But, you know, the world's changing on that one. Even Elon Musk, who's the guy who builds electric cars, is saying the world needs more oil and gas. We're not ready to get off it yet. And so Western Canada should be a major supplier. And you forget that Western Canada is the third biggest reserves of oil. And what are we doing? We've been shutting down pipelines, and this pretty easy way to get more product into the U.S. is to just start looking north, which is a much friendlier jurisdiction than, say, Venezuela or Nigeria, where, uh, you know, if they're going to try and do some diplomatic stuff using, you know, tell Venezuela we'll buy more of your oil if you will do this and this and this. And it's kind of late to be doing some of that sort of stuff. You, You probably just need to get some supply in there and western canada can be that source and i i I think that we need to kind of make noise that western canada needs to be represented more effectively in ottawa and you know like promote us a little bit we can represent something significant here and here's why strategically it's important i mean canada has an opportunity here to claim more of more market share of global of the global economy. And we do it because Russia made this decision to invade its neighbor. The neighbor now can't be a supplier and Russia has been sanctioned. So there's a gap, there's a void. We can fill that. And uh, all they need to do is really start to promote us a little bit. And what, what will be the offshoot of that? Well, we'll start to see more demand for our product. We'll see prices go up, especially in the near term, because you know you can't just turn on the tap instantly. It'll take a little bit of lead time. But people will move here, and they will come here because we'll be building things, we'll be growing things, we'll be making stuff happen. And if you think about that from the broader context, one of the challenges Saskatchewan's always had is large landmass, small population. Yes, we're very productive, but we need more people. That brings with it economic clout, political clout, simply more clout all the way around. And and when I look back over the last, say, five years, and you think about some of the conversations and storylines that we've had to deal with, you know, one that really sticks in my craw is that for a period of time, uh, the Regina Airport was in danger of being uh, losing its uh, air traffic control uh, operations. And, you know, one thing that really strikes me in this is that if Regina had 50,000 more people, that wouldn't even have been a conversation. And you can see where population becomes a leverage factor. I think back to a, a piece Richard Jankowski did. He's a, a head of uh, uh, Collier's uh, real estate operations in Saskatchewan. And he's kind of uh, one of those road warriors who uh, works half his week in Saskatoon and half in Regina. So has a really good understanding of the Saskatchewan marketplace. But uh, some years back, he wrote a white paper and uh, it's kind of a fascinating thing. I don't know if he did it for university or what, but anyway, it's a fascinating thing. He took a benchmark date of 1950 and then he took uh, four cities and uh, kind of looked at their population. And uh, they were, you know, not the same, but they were all roughly in the same kind of neighborhood. I mean, and they were Regina, Saskatoon, Calgary, Phoenix. 
And, uh, you know, Calgary was maybe double the size of Regina or something like that. Phoenix about the, you know, not much bigger than that. And now you fast forward to Regina, Saskatoon, haven't moved very much. Phoenix is now the fourth largest city in the United States. Uh, Calgary is over a million people. I mean, this is stories of growth and we've missed out on that parade. And here's an opportunity for Saskatchewan to step up to strategically and from a humanitarian perspective and from an economic perspective to actually assert itself. We need some help on this. We need our federal government to understand and to actually become a champion and a sales organization or mouthpiece for us to actually promote this stuff. But this is a way Canada could actually play a role. We don't have the military to send in, uh, you know, if NATO decides this is going to escalate or whatever. So we're kind of out of that equation. Yeah, we're a contributor, but we're uh, we're a little bit like uh, the the chicken with breakfast, you know. I mean, uh, if you talk about the chicken and the pig and breakfast, the chicken is interested, the pig is committed. And so we are interested in this conversation. We are not a military power, but we can be an economic uh, player in this that we can punch way over our weight if we were to actually see our national government position the country in a particular Western Canada. But, you know, I'm not sure that Ottawa really has much interest in promoting Western Canada because it's that population thing again. The population base in this country is in the center, in Ontario and Quebec, and and they control that politically. And they don't have, there's not much upside for a federal government with a liberal uh, stripe on it to be saying, let's go and promote Western Canada where they send 100% of their seats are on the other side of the house. So, you know, we it would be nice if the federal government could kind of look past its the, the political implication of this and their own self-serving needs on, the, on a political front and actually start to serve the world and to say, we have some assets here, and those assets include Saskatchewan, Alberta. We can bring something to bear, and as a nation, we can start to become more significant globally again, and it can all be done uh, and on the strength of what Mother Nature gave Saskatchewan in terms of almost endless supplies of potash, for example, and being such a major player in oil, and then also you know, as the breadbasket. I mean, we have half the farmland in Canada in this province. And if you add Alberta, which has about half of what we do in Manitoba, about a quarter of what we do, we're 78% or something. We're pretty close to 80% of the farmland in Canada. And, you know, clearly Canada can't consume all of the food production that comes off of all that land, but we can actually feed the world. And if we could get our heads together and actually position Canada and Western Canada in particular in this way, and there's strategically, it's pretty powerful, I think. And I just wish we had a national government that could espouse that and actually talk about it a little bit. Do you think there's two parts to this? Firstly, you're absolutely right. There doesn't seem to be the willingness from the East Central Canada to support um, the industries from here in, in a way which is really progressive and certainly in a time like this as musk said uh you know the needs are definitely there but maybe and i'm really intrigued on your opinion on this when we look at the strength of the um oil and gas lobby within the united states and the america first policy where there's you know 264 billion barrels untapped 35.2 equivalent stored reserve barrels in the u.s and you know, 9,000 untapped permits in the US alone. 
is there a sense that that lobbying effort within the United States is also playing into, um, you know, creating an artificial barrier that our produce, our oils, our reserves from here aren't making it across the border as well? Yeah, it's an interesting point. I, I, you know, in this situation, I would say that the shoe is on the other foot on that one. I mean, whether or not, uh, you know, America has its American industry as its viewpoint. I mean, first of all, the industry has invested in Canada, so it's not like, you know, they don't know we exist and they don't have a stake in it. But, you know, this is less about what the Americans say, more about what the Canadians say. And I just don't hear anyone in Ottawa standing up and saying, pick me, pick me. Look, we are here to help and we have a big piece of the solution. But you can go beyond oil and gas. They're also not promoting our grains, our oil seeds, uh, our uh, any of our other products are not promoting our fertilizers, for example. And, uh, you know, as you, you watch kind of the conversation going on around here, but the next potential mine in the province that uh, that one of GenSource got a lot of support from Germany, not a lot of support from Canada uh, from a government perspective. So, you know, Canada really needs to have a look at itself and ask, you know, where are we as a global player and and what are the assets we bring to the parade? And right now, the conversation globally is about military. Canada is not part of that conversation, really. I mean, we aren't very much of a military power. So what else do we have? And we better start crowing about that a little bit. I think one of the things we have is the ability to be a food supplier, a fertilizer supplier, and an energy energy supplier. And that can include uranium, too. And, I mean, uh, you know, Russia's not such a big uranium producer, but Kazakhstan is, and it's kind of in that influence circle of, uh, of Moscow more than anywhere else. So, you know, does that factor into what's coming on around here now, too? So, I mean, clearly... When we produce what those countries produce, if they come off the table, we've got to step up and fill the gap. And otherwise, you create instability in the world. And here's our opportunity to step up and to assert itself again. Canada once was a player, like at the end of World War II, they, you know, we had one of the biggest navies in the world, and, and we were actually considered something. Now, I mean, we barely make the G7. And so, uh, you know, here's a chance for us to reassert ourselves and to uh, to actually, you know, punch a little heavier uh, above our weight class. And I think most Canadians would find, uh, take a sense of pride in that. And it just seems that we've got such divisions in the country that you really, you pass on these opportunities because of sort of crass political reality of, East versus West and, you know, where the centers of influence are and, and those sorts of things. Is there a sense, and, and sincere question, is there a sense that if um, if the federal government really isn't there and it really isn't promoting us, how much more effort, how could we step up in the West to really go, okay, well, we've got to take control of this. We've got to be the ones out there. I know that we have presence elsewhere. We've spoken about this in our previous episodes of Saskatchewan Matters. And, and you know, that again is the core of this. This is why Saskatchewan Matters. What efforts could be done, additional efforts within the Western Prairies, uh, especially Saskatchewan, with our interests, to get our story out there and to market ourselves? It's a good question. And I mean, clearly, as a province, you just simply don't have the cachet or the ability to command 
the airwaves or the attention. But I note that last week, Alberta's premier was down in Texas, had an energy show talking about Alberta oil and promoting Canada as a replacement for Russian oil. And, you know, don't look uh, as your first stop shouldn't be a, a look at Venezuela. Your first stop should be looking north. And perhaps uh, provinces can do more to promote uh, an awareness and understanding of what we have in the U.S. where that kind of forgotten thing. But, you know, there's, there is going to be another conversation that's going to happen here, and that's that's about Arctic sovereignty. And, uh, you know, that's not coming into the equation very much. But remember, Russia's, uh, if you go over the top, is not that far from us. And so uh, they're kind of preoccupied right now. But they have been extending uh, their interests north, and so maybe that's another area we need to be talking to the to Washington about and saying, you know, you guys are fifty miles away from Russia in in Alaska, but we're also uh, we got to think about what's on the on the North Pole, and there isn't much going on there from a Canadian perspective either. So, you know, really, I just I just see this as an opportunity for Canada to step up in on a global s- stage and to say. Mm-hmm. Take a look at us. Don't forget us. We've kind of been hiding here in the wilderness, quietly going about our thing. But it's time for us to reassert ourselves, I think. And we spent a lot of time and money and effort trying to, you know, win gold medals at Olympics and stuff and claim the podium and and those sorts of programs that we've got. But here, and and while I applaud that, I I think it's it's the right step. It can't be the only thing we're doing. And on the economic front, we have an opportunity to express ourselves and to uh, speak up a little bit and to actually become a more significant player on the global stage. Here's our chance. The door is open. Will we take advantage of that uh, now that we've got someone who's willing to listen to us? Paul, this is truly one of the most important topics of I don't know, the last 15 years and certainly the next 15 years as well. Um, there have been articles in Bloomberg, Economist, etc., talking about what's happening further north on our planet and the opportunities and the concerns and the and the politics which is going, going and all getting wrapped up in that. So I'm hoping that Canada certainly does take a leading position in that. Well, I think there's there is an opportunity here, and I think Canadians will be disappointed, uh, and the world will be disappointed if we don't do uh, you know our part to stand up and to, to be recognized. And I, I think back, you know, here's a day when the Ukrainian president is speaking in Parliament. I think back to when Obama, uh, Barack Obama spoke to the Canadian Parliament, and, and his line was, "The world needs more Canada, uh, more of Canada." And here's our chance. And hopefully, you know, the Mandarins in Ottawa and and our political leadership won't miss the opportunity and the window. And frankly, I mean, there's an economic argument here, but there's there's certainly a humanitarian argument, too. We have the food like let's get this thing turned on and let's let's start to be a contributor and and not just kind of an observer on the on the sitting in the stands. Let's get down on the field and play. 100 percent. Paul, thank you so much for this, and thank you for taking the time to listen to Saskatchewan Matters from Martin Charlton Communications. Do share these insights that power Saskatchewan with your colleagues and friends. Saskatchewan Matters is proud to be a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. For more information, go to mynewsroom.ca and martincharlton.ca.